Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Everybody say, Pastor. Pastor. Teach to me tonight. tonight. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Teach the word tonight. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Teach the word to me tonight. Let me leave here a different person than what I was when I came in. Thank him for his word tonight. You may be seated. God bless. Thank him for his word tonight. Clap for his word. You may be seated. I am... I'm going to talk tonight because I didn't get a chance to talk last night because we had one more awesome preacher last Wednesday night. I'm going to talk tonight on my first Wednesday night. It's going to be my first Wednesday to be able to talk to you and declare what God has given me. I'm calling it New Year Declaration 2017. I got the the date right. I didn't say 16. It's 17. I'm already writing 17 on my checks. I'm so excited about that. I have caught up with the now day times. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you believe it, folks? Two and a half weeks already removed from Christmas Day. We're less than 50 weeks away from the next Christmas. Tonight, we're trying to adjust our mirrors and trying to adjust our focus on the new year. I hope your resolutions that you're making will include Jesus and your personal relation to him, to be a worshiper of him. As we say goodbye to 16, what kind of the year has it been for you? Has it been a year to cherish? It has for me. Or a year to quickly forget? It has for some. Whatever the year's tone for us, this new year fills us with tremendous hope. A hope that a new year will bring a change for us, a chance for a fresh start, a new beginning. That's what it's about. And with, that, and, and with that many of us making New Year's resolutions, pledges or promises to God, yourself or to God, that you will personally be different this year. Tonight I want to focus upon four resolutions that I consider should be great resolutions for yourself. But before I delve into the topic, I thought I might, you might enjoy a few stories of failed resolutions. Stories told at the beginning of a year, a high school principal decided to post his teacher's New Year's resolutions on the bulletin board. And as the teachers gathered around the bulletin board, a great commotion started. One of the teachers was complaining, why weren't my resolutions posted? She was throwing such a temper tantrum that the principal hurried to his office to see if he had overlooked her resolutions. Sure enough, he had mislaid them on his desk. And as he read her resolutions, he was astounded. Because this teacher's first resolution was not to let little things upset her in the new year. Well, well, well. Or how about this one? A son called his parents to wish him a happy new year. And when his dad answered, he said, Dad, what's your new year's resolution? He said, Son, to make your mother as happy as I can all year. When his mom got on the phone, he asked her the same question. His mom said, To see that your dad keeps his new year's resolution. When mama ain't happy. Or some of you may have given up 
on resolutions taking the same attitude as characters in the cartoon Calvin and Hobbes. I love Calvin and Hobbes. The cartoon character Calvin said, God put me on this earth to accomplish a certain number of things. And right now, I'm so far behind, I'll never die. (laughs) Now, this is neat. I like this. It's not not another little joke. It's this neat, though. The secret to a long life. They interviewed all the people that they could find. I think they interviewed many, many hundreds of people. And they asked them what their secret to a long life. And some of them said, well, I go to church. And some said, well, I I do this, I do that. Some say... Well, I, I drink a glass of wine every night or some side. I smoked a cigar every day, whatever. But everybody came up with this same, everyone they interviewed came up with this same, same thing. One thing they all agreed on. They would eat a handful of dried nuts every day. So I started eating almonds. I intend to be around at 107. Might as well. Just pick you up some peanuts, some almonds. Some cashews, some pistachios. My, my, my desk, my, my credenza's full of them. And I'm reaching there, not, not in the last five days, but I'm reaching in there when I can and I'm eating. <laughs> Regardless of past successes or failures, everybody has a birthday on the 1st of January. Turn to somebody and say, happy birthday. <laughs> say, happy birthday. Scientists say that 98% of the cells in the body are renewed once a year. Like a snake sheds its skin, our sales are renewed. So the person you were last year has had a sale change since last January the 1st. So you're not the same old you facing the same old problems you had last year. You're a new you facing the same old problems. (laughs) But at least something's new around here, amen? Look at somebody say, you look new. In Acts chapter 2, The Holy Spirit powerfully entered the lives of the disciples and they were changed. Let me tell you what I think about the Holy Ghost. I love him. I love the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke of this same Holy Spirit in John 14, 26. He said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach. I said, tack. He shall tack you all things. That's my typo right there. That's my typo. I started the year with a mistake. He shall tack you all things and bring all things to remembrance. Whatsoever I've said unto you, some things I do on purpose to see if you're reading. That ain't one of them. Resolutions apart from God are void of strength and stability and substance. John 15 and 5 said, apart from me, you can do nothing. The me there, folks, is clearly the almighty God. So you're not alone. If you have him in your boat, if you have him in your life, if you have him in your future, if you have him in your present and him rebuking your past, you are not alone in your life. I want you to let the enemy know every morning when you get up, When you pick on me, I got a big brother standing beside me. Amen. I'm not alone in my quest. Somebody greater than me is walking with me. With these thoughts in mind, I'd like to offer you some good resolutions for you to consider. First, find time for God. Turn to your neighbor and say, find time for God. I'm not just talking about church time, folks. I'm talking about building a personal relationship with that God. 
In the course of each day, make time to creatively spend with God. I have a saying that if you want something to happen, you need to write it down. Put it into an active calendar and the odds of it happening have just increased. Amen. In fact, God told Habakkuk, write the vision, write it and make it plain. And though the vision tarry, wait for it. It will not come because God is not a liar. Put it on active calendar. Look at your day. Where in that day can you make an appointment to spend time with Jesus? When I was working at, in an official capacity with an organization years ago, I went into an office of an older man and I sought counsel. I said, I've just got so much on me. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm going all the time and I, I can't get my breath. I can't get my breath. He said, here's what you do. And he, he said, bring your calendar to me. So I took my calendar to him. He, and he took my calendar and he put an X on a Sunday. And he waited, he put, he put a, he didn't put one on the next one, he did an X on the next one. Every other Sunday, he put an X on my calendar the whole year. So what'd you do that for? He said, that's your time with God. You need to spend every other Sunday with the Lord in your church worshiping God. You don't need to be out trying to help everybody all the time. You need to spend time with the Lord. That man taught me more in that five minute lesson than I could ever learn sitting at the feet of somebody trying to get me to do the work of God every day, every moment, every hour. But I'm telling you something, you need a time in your life when you say, Lord, I want to sit down right here and I may just spend five or six minutes with you, but I'm going to invite you into my life right now. You need to read your Bible. You need to read an inspirational magazine or book. You need to pray. You need to sing. Some of you need to sing. (laughs) You need to walk. You need to journal. You know, friendships are boring when when we do the same thing every time we get together. So you're my friend. You want to go get a pizza? Yeah, what are you doing tomorrow? Let's go get another pizza. Every now and then you need to do something else. Start with short amount of time. Don't, you don't have to do this all at one time. You don't have to spend three hours with the Lord tomorrow. But short, start with small, short amount of times. Use the exercise principle. If you spend an hour exercising in the beginning, you'll be too sore to do it the next day. Now, several years ago, I was, I was, I was given a membership. Somebody in the church bought me a membership, and they're still a member of this church, and I let them down considerably. They started, they started paying for my membership at that gym. And I remember when I was first given that membership to, to that fabulous gym in this town, I was going to be a muscle-cut, powerful entity. Hostile, mobile, and agile against the devil. So I, wa- so I walked in that gym. I walked in that gym. It's down on Lamar. It's called Mecca. And I walked in that gym, and there was a little old guy over there about this tall, he was muscle bound from, the, from his neck to his feet. I think his toes had muscles in them. He must have had some kind of toe. He was muscle. And he was just lifting weights so easy. And I said, ah, he's about that big and little old short thing. And he ain't, I can do that. So I said, how much you lifting there, buddy? He said, oh, not a lot. He told me the poundage and it was a lot. But you know, you don't want to be embarrassed. So I got to bench pressing it. Help, I need a spider, help. They come and got it off of me. So I've always been powerful in my legs. I could always run, honestly. So I got on them leg things. I started pushing them. Then a trainer came over to me and he said, you want to run a little bit, Pastor? And I said, he went to this church too. He don't go anymore because I let him down. 
I said, yeah, man, let, let's, let's do it. So I ran a little bit and I said, I'm tired of running. He said, you ain't even started. <laughs> I worked out for an hour and 15 minutes. My wife could not get me out of bed the next morning. <laughs> I was so worn out. I didn't go to that gym for three months, 90 days. And I learned that that little old guy had been lifting about four years. And I was trying to match him because I was bigger than he was. My muscles cramped. I would lay in bed at night going, oh God, oh God, oh God. Some people that want to just dive into this thing called relationship with God, you'll get burnt out if you don't watch yourself. But when you start walking with him and you start talking with him and you start being with him and you sit down and you break bread with him and you read the word about him and you read a, a, a discipline book and you read something beautiful, some prose, some poetry in, in Christian language, there's something powerful starts building in you. And before you know it, hell is telling his little imp, say, hey, that guy, that woman's getting a hold of something up there. It's called relationship. It's not bailout doctrine. It's, oh God, help me right now. And then tomorrow you forget about it. It's every day with Jesus. It's every day with Jesus. It's every day with Jesus. In Matthew 20, there's a powerful story about a man that went out and hired people to work in his vineyard. And he went at the, at the, at the, at the, at the, at the third hour. And he went at the sixth hour and the ninth hour and, and, and the eleventh hour trying to find people to work for him. And in the first hour, he found somebody. He said, I will give you a penny a day. That's what he said, a penny a day. Somebody catch this. There's a penny right there. Catch that. All right, you got it? Right, a penny a day. Now, he didn't say I'd pay you seven pennies a week. He didn't say I'd pay you 30 pennies a month. He didn't say I'll pay you 365 pennies a year. He said, I'll reward you a penny a day. And the next man he went to hire, he, he didn't tell him the same thing. He said, I'll do you right. Because when God makes a contract... He never goes back on his contract. If he says a penny a day, your God that you serve is going to show up every day. So why don't you and your relationship with him get up every morning and the first thing you do when your foot hits the floor, say this is a day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad and have yourself a communion time with Jesus Christ. Come on, it's time for us to shed the things that hold us back and pick up the things that bring us closer to the Lord. Learn how to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit begin to convict and guide and rebuke and teach and counsel and comfort you. When that happens, your relationship will deepen and you will grow. Second, second thing I want to tell you. I could preach on that first in a while. Stay active in your church. Well, you know, Pastor, you just talked about a relationship with Jesus. Me and Jesus got our thing, man. Come to church? Yeah, you need to come to church. Because it's more than just a vertical relationship with your creator. It's a relationship right here with the people around you. You know what's beautiful about tonight? Anywhere you look, you see somebody struggling just like you are in life. Now, they're not going to tell it. They got a smile on their face because they've learned how to overcome that struggle. But you, you see people and you say, you know what? They're having the same fight. They're having the same battles, the same situations I have in my life. And yet they're being victorious. I'm not in this cave by myself. God told the prophet, he said, get up, Elijah, get up. You're not alone, buddy. You're not alone. There's 7,000 just like you that have not bowed their knee to Baal also. 
when you come to church on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning at your 9, 10, 30, and 12 o'clock hours, you see people around you. You see hands in the air. You see people singing the songs of Zion. It's more than just a vertical thing. It's a horizontal thing with people that you need in your life. The fellowship of the church of the living God. Can you say amen to that? You know, the sequoia trees in California do not have deep roots, but they have roots that go and grab other roots of other sequoias. And their strength is not in the depth of their root, but their strength of holding on to the roots of other trees. I'm telling you, folks, we need one another in our lives. We need to have communion and fellowship every time the doors are open. I am so thrilled to announce that on, on, on the mornings of this week and on the evenings of this week, there have been 15 to 20 to 25 people coming by every morning and every night to pray. You know what that tells you? When you come in, you're not by yourself. You're saying, you know what? They're praying for the same, some of the same stuff I'm praying for. Isn't that a neat thing? Stay active in your church. Stay active in your church. Say it with me. Stay active. In your church. Here, yeah, I read a letter a pastor got from a church member. It said, Dear Pastor, you often stress attendance at worship as being very important for a Christian. But I think a person has a right to miss now and then. I think every person ought to be excused for the following reasons and the number of times indicated after I mention the times. Christmas holidays, the Sunday before and after, so that's two. New Year's. The party lasted too long. That's another Sunday. Easter, get away from the holiday. For the holidays, that's two more Sundays. Fourth of July, national holiday, one Sunday. Labor Day, need to get away. That's two Sundays. Memorial Day, visit hometown folks, one Sunday. School closing, kids need a break, one Sunday. School reopens, one last fling, one Sunday. Family reunions, I'm hitting some of y'all right here. <laughs> Family reunions, mine and my wife's, three of them, three more Sundays. Sleep late, stayed up too long Saturday night, nine Sundays. Death in the family, two. Anniversary, second honeymoon, one Sunday. Sickness, one per family member, five Sundays. <laughs> Business trip, a must, one Sunday. Vacation, three to four weeks, six Sundays. Bad weather, ice, snow, rain, clouds, two Sundays. Ball games, two Sundays. Races, two games, two Sundays. Unexpected company, can't walk out on them, two Sundays. Time change, spring and fall, two Sundays. Special on TV like the Super Bowl, et cetera, three Sundays. Pastor, that leaves two Sundays per year. So you can count on us to be in church on the fourth Sunday in February. <laughs> and the third Sunday in August unless we are providentially hindered sincerely a faithful member now get past you mad get past you mad I didn't say that to make you mad I said that because that's how ridiculous sometimes it sounds and our, our excuses to not be in the house of God David said one thing if I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Isn't it an awesome thing, folks? There's nothing like the hour of being in the house of God. Clap your hands if you believe that. Stay active in your church. Stay active in your church. Get involved. Get involved in life groups. Get involved in helping us with Sunday school. Get involved with helping us with youth. Get involved with helping us in the choir. Get involved with helping us on the parking lot. Get involved with helping us usher. Get involved with helping us greet. Get yourself involved. Put yourself in concrete boots and get involved in the house of God. There is nothing greater than faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Clap your hands and rejoice in that right now. I believe it. 
Third, third resolution. Choose to become a regular tither and giver this year. I'm gonna be very, this is going to be a real short one. Real short one. Because I, I don't preach about this. But I want to mention the first of the year. There are very few times in the Bible where God dares you to test him. But this is one of them. Malachi said, bring all the tithe to the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. This is God talking. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Can I get a hand from the people that have tried it and God has proven himself? God loves first fruits. First fruits. He don't want to be last in anything. Seek first the kingdom. Before a single bill is paid, give God his ten. You know, you know, and it doesn't bother me. I'm a, I'm a huge tipper. I tip. I really do. I tip. You'd love to get me for a client or a, or a, or a person in your, in your restaurant. I'm a tipper. And I tell people, I tell people, I say, if you'll take good care of us, I'm going to bless you like you've never been blessed all day. Some of them don't believe it. They don't believe it. And I bless them in, in, even though I get bad service because my life is not committed to how they operate. My life's committed to how I operate. That's how it works. But trusting that God will provide if we obey his word. Everything we have is God's. Say everything I have, everything I have. came from him. God could demand 100%, but he only asked for 10. I learned a lesson from an old farmer one day in church. Farmer came up to me, actually came to me, and he said, Son, he said, I see you're preaching. I was a young preacher. He said, Are you a tither? And I said, Yes, sir, I am. He said, Let me tell you. He said, It's not the 10% that is the problem. He said, We eat 90. But the 10% has to be held back and given back to the soil. Because it's 10% that's planted that brings another hundredfold crop. And he said, God doesn't bless the 90 that's left. He blesses the 10 that's in the ground. When you plant that seed, God will continue to bring up more crop than you could ever believe in your life. So become a giver. Give your time. Give your talent and give your treasure. And that's all I'm going to say about it because I believe God's going to talk to you this week. Clap your hands and rejoice in that. Amen. And the fourth resolution is simply this. Focus on the positive. Focus on the positive. Say, accentuate the positive. <laughs> Eliminate the negative. You ever heard that song? Can a school teacher stand up and sing that for me? We used to sing that in school. I learned that in school. Accentuate the positive. Eliminate the negative. I just think that the greatest life that you can live is on the top side of life and not on the bottom side of life. C.M. Ward was a great revival time preacher with the Assembly of God Church. And I've got all of his books. I've got all of his revival time books. And he, he preached a sermon one time about walking on the sunny side of the street. He said, there's so many people that walk on the same street with other believers, but they walk where the shade is. Because they think the shade is their blessing. He said, there ain't no vitamins come in the shade. You got to get in the sun to get some vitamins. <laughs> I love it. He said, why don't you just get out of the shade and start walking on the sunny side of the street? Listen, folks, some people even like their eggs sunny side up. 
Can I tell you Jesus likes his church sunny side up? He don't want to hear grumbling worshiping. He wants to hear people with praise. He wants to see a smile on your face. He wants to see you walking on the sunny side of the street. I know I'm preaching real simple, teaching real simple tonight, but I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. He wants you to get your hands in the air when he, when he looks down at you. He wants to see a big old smile. <laughs> Hallelujah. My smile is so big because my head's bald. I have no hair to block my smile. I just love Jesus. I love him. If he never gives me any hair, I love him. If I never can lift weights like that little guy at Mecca, I still love him. If I can't do what other people do, I love him. And I'm going to be the happiest person that ever preached in the pulpit that ever lived. Because I believe with all my heart that God loves people who understand the joy of the Lord is their strength. Hallelujah. Woo. I want to run from people that are negative. I want to run. I want to, I want to get it. I don't even want to hear it. Somebody said, well, pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Oh, let's don't start comparing stories. Jesus loves people. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. There's nobody that can do Jesus like happy can do Jesus and joyful can do Jesus. You heard the story of the farmer who was discouraged with his farm, so he decided to sell out and move somewhere else. And he engaged a realtor to look the farm over and prepare the sale ad. But before putting in the paper, the realtor called and read the proposed ad to the farmer, saying, see if this meets your proposal, sir. And the ad spoke of a good location, a well-maintained house, sturdy barns, lush pasture lands, a beautiful pool, fertile soil, and a great view. And the farmer listened and carefully. Then he said, would you read that to me again slowly? So the realtor read it again the second time. Finally, the farmer said, no, don't print that ad. I've changed my mind. I've always wanted a place just like that. <laughs> and I'm not going to sell. Can I tell you? Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He's healed people here tonight. He's raised you up when you had nothing. He brought you out when you were bloody and nobody liked you and you thought you was going to die. And he said, I said to thee, when I saw you in your pollution, live. And he brought you out and he decorated you with jewels and he made you a beautiful creature. He beautifies the meek with salvation. Can I tell you that this God that I'm preaching about, do you want to sell out on him? No, 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 no. Come on. Let's get positive about Jesus. Let's walk in businesses. Let's walk in restaurants. Let's walk in homes with a smile and the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We got problems. Sure. We got problems. We got issues. Yes. But we've got a God that can take care of all of our needs. Amen. Amen. As one writer said, one ship sails east and another west with the self-same winds that blow. It's the set of the sail and not the gale which determines the way that they go. Pastor, I've been going into a lot of wind lately. Just set your sail to go into the wind. I hadn't had a lot of downwind lately. Learn to tack that sail. Learn to move it because it's not, it's not the gale, but it's the set of the sail that determines which way you go. I am determined to walk this life with a positive attitude. Life is like that. What you pay attention to, what you focus on in life will generally determine the kind of decisions you make. Paul gives us a great advice in Philippians. We're going to go there, Philippians 4 and 8. We're going to read it together. Finally, brethren, Finally, 
Come on, read it with me. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Wow. Wow. Everybody say excellent. Admirable. Praiseworthy. I'm going to think on those things. When that boss comes in cussing, I'm going to, I'm going to be a P48 man. When I see I didn't make a good grade, I'm going to be P48, Philippians 4.8. I'm going to be a P48 man. You know, this is a new year. And you're going to have unreasonable circumstances like sickness and debt and family trauma. You're going to meet unreasonable people this year. I read one of the most unique stories, and I've I got I to share this because it's a unique story. Billy Graham, is, he's, just, he's just been the, the picture to me of, of a minister with his ethics, his ethics and integrity. You know, when he traveled extensively, he would always have people go into the hotel room where he was going to stay to check under the bed and in the bathroom to see there wasn't a woman in there. Boy, I love that. He always, he always traveled with a certain person that was a, a man that was very close to him and did a lot of singing, George Beverly Shea. And they traveled together. And so when they got on, when they got on elevators, they were always together. When they, it was a Paul and Silas mentality. And one day in Paris, a Paris paper said, we caught Mr. Graham. We caught the Reverend Graham. He was in the room with a woman. Her name was Beverly Shea. And Reverend Billy come down to the desk with a little fire in him. And he said, Beverly's first name is George. And it's my friend. And Paris had to apologize. There's going to be unreasonable people in your life. There's going to be unreasonable circumstances in your life. That story didn't even fit. I just want to tell it. There's going to be an uncertain future in your days. But Paul, going through an uncertain future in Acts 26 and 2, said, I think myself happy in Acts 26 and 2. So whatever circumstances come, whatever people come, whatever the future is, we're going to go through because we're going to be a positive people in the kingdom of God. I close with a poem tonight entitled New Year. I am the new year. I'm an unspoiled page in your book of time. I'm your next chance at the art of living. I'm your opportunity to practice what you have learned about life during the last 12 months. All that you sought and didn't find is hidden in me, waiting for you to search it, but with more determination. All the good that you tried for and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicting desires. All that you dreamed but didn't dare to do. All that you hoped but, but did not well, did not will. All the faith that you claim but did not have, these slumber lightly, waiting to be awakened by the touch of a strong purpose. I am your opportunity to renew your allegiance to him who said, Behold, I make all things new. I close tonight. Kenneth Dodge tells about an eight-year-old boy named Frank. And Frank had a date with his father one Saturday to go fishing. 
They were going to fish the whole day, and on Friday night, they had everything laid out, and they were ready to go. But on Saturday morning, they awoke to discover it was raining cats and dogs, and they couldn't go fishing. So eight-year-old Frank grumbled and griped and complained all morning long. He kicked the furniture, the dog, the cat. Sound like to me, needed correction. Nothing was right. Why does it have to rain today, he said. His father tried to explain to him that the farmers needed the rain, but that didn't satisfy the eight-year-old boy. Why does it have to rain today? But about noon, the clouds broke and the sun came out. And his dad said, well, we can't go fishing all day, but at least we can fish this afternoon, son. Let's go. So they jumped in the truck, went to the lake and fished all afternoon, caught more fish than they'd ever caught before. Their baskets were full and they had the time of their lives that afternoon. They came home and mom cooked some of the fish for supper and they were sitting down to eat. Frank's dad looked at him and asked, Frank, would you like to ask the blessing? And the eight-year-old boy prayed this prayer. God, if I sound a little grumpy earlier today because I couldn't see far enough ahead. That's the problem. We're so caught up in the circumstances and people and things that surround us. We can't see far enough ahead. But I promise you there is a great day coming when the Trump's God's going to sound and we're going to rise and get out of here and we're going to go home. Don't miss that appointment. I had an old preacher tell me, Randy, if you'll help me. I had an old preacher tell me years ago, I used to go preach for him in West Texas and he told me years ago, he said, son, don't worry about the end time. Don't worry about it. He said, get up every morning and just say, Jesus, let's walk today. And just walk with him every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. And said, one day you'll come to that end and you'll just say, all right, Lord, we're closer to your house today than we are ours. It's just going home. He said, it's not about being afraid, being tormented, that you're going to miss something. Because if you're with him every day, you won't miss his day. Amen. So, it's my New Year's declaration. We need a personal experience with God. We really do. We need to have fellowship with God. We need, we need to get our church going right. We need to become givers of our time, talent, and treasure. And we need to have a positive attitude that the world says, wow, they got something. I want to go taste of what they have. Or like, you know what? I don't know what they've been eating, but I want to eat that. And that's a good thing to have in your life. Would you stand all over the building? I love you very, very much. I've enjoyed the night. You've enjoyed the night. Receive the word. Clap your hands. Amen. 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 I've started out pretty good. I'm a little, little past 8.30 and I'm done. Thank you, Jesus. Now, some of these Wednesday nights, I want to declare that some of you new people, some of these Wednesday nights I throw down like it's camp meeting. And some Wednesday nights I'm just going to talk like I did tonight. But I'm the same old me, still loving the same Jesus and still loving the same sweet you. But sometimes we preach, sometimes we teach, sometimes we talk, sometimes we cry, sometimes we pray. Sometimes we just have a blast around here. But every service is divinely ordained of the Holy Ghost. I want you to raise your hands all over the house. 
I want you to repeat after me, Lord, I want to be a part of a church where the Holy Spirit has its way and has the move that my heart needs. Because Lord, the Holy Spirit is our guide and it will take control of our lives and he will guide us and direct us and prompt us to do great things for the kingdom of God. I love you, Jesus, with all my heart. I love the members of this church with all that's in me. Let me bless and be blessed by being a part of the church of the living God. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.